This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth bacon? You must be talking about Wright brand bacon because mm-hmm. they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's thick cut, hand trimmed, and real wood smoke. Real. And you could tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try Wright brand bacon. That's called Wright brand bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way. of job seekers say the biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications. This according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be lonely, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding that job that fits you. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location nearest you at ExpressPros.com. No fees for somebody seeking a job. Visit ExpressPros.com. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's the final hour in this Wednesday. We're down a man, down a Danette. Marvin has jury duty. For the first time ever, NASCAR is hitting the city streets of Chicago. Don't miss out on all the action Sunday on NBC and Peacock. Stat of the day is always brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. There's random things that kind of come into my head, and uh, I, I said to Todd, I said, is the anniversary of Mike Tyson biting Evander Holyfield, is that today? And Todd goes, I don't know. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he finds out that it is, and then now he's an expert on Mike Tyson. It was 26 years ago today. Exactly. This was the rematch. This was Tyson Holyfield 2, and that was in Las Vegas. Fight night. Yeah. And uh, Mills Lane was... Uh, Let's get along. Right. Mike, you bit him. <laughs> Take it a point. Do it again, you're out. That was a big deal at the time. That was a big deal. It was crazy. He bit his ear. I know. He spit out a chunk I know. of it. bit it off, not a nibble. I, I, I know. God. He, bite a, he bit a chunk out of his ear. Yeah. I'm reading some of the... laying deep. in the f- ring. Holyfield won the first three rounds uh, with 32 seconds left in the second round. Holyfield ducked under a right from Tyson, and he... His head went up and caught Tyson, a little, and like a, not a headbutt, more like a just a collision. Mm. But Tyson was very upset because he got hit in the right eye, and that's when he started to lose it. I think he had been headbutt a few times in the in that match. I think yes, and he and he was he was clearly getting frustrated and starting to lose his cool. That is the highest grossing pay per view, at least it was at the time. There were just under two million buys of that fight. The first fight to break $100 million in revenues. But Mike couldn't figure out Evander Holyfield. You know, Holyfield wasn't a power puncher. He was really not a heavyweight, but he did move up. The purse was going to be bigger, but he was a better boxer than Mike. And Holyfield frustrated him so much so that he ended up biting his ear. Mike also has a cannabis company, and he does have uh, Holyfield ears that are edibles. So, and it has the, the, the bike mark out of the ear and you can buy this edible, uh, you know, it's got CBD. 
And I think it's called Mike's Bites, and it's it's just ears. You can get Evander Holyfield's ear. It's a little extra chewy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little Paul. wax on it. Yeah. It's kind of gross. Yes, Paul. I just watched back the video, and so after the second round, Tyson is in his corner. He's very upset, and the bell rings for round three, and Tyson comes out without his mouthpiece and is trying to talk to Mills Lane, but the, the round had started, so Holyfield's going in to punch him in the face. And they kind of slow things down, and they make him put his mouthpiece in, and Tyson, Tyson's getting frustrated. He bites him, but you really can't see it because they were like nuzzled. Their heads were kind of nuzzled against each other. Yeah. The camera doesn't pick it up, and the ref doesn't pick it up. So the first time, Mills Lane is confused, and Holyfield's trying to say it, but he also says, let's get it back going. And then the second one is out of hand. Yes, Tom. And seeing Holyfield leaping up yeah. in the air, holding his oh, ears well, like that imagine. was so wild. Holyfield and Tyson were going to fight in 1990. But then Tyson lost to Buster Douglas. Holyfield was next after Tyson was supposed to beat Buster Douglas. And then they were going to fight the following year. Tyson was convicted of rape in 1992, so then they had to hold off. Tyson was released from prison in 1995, and then they finally met in 1996. Uh, Holyfield... uh, I, did, I, did, I don't remember this. He became the first fighter since Ali to win the heavyweight title three times. Holyfield Tyson II was booked as Sound and Fury. Tyson suffered a cut over his left eye in training camp. Then they had to postpone that. And then uh, they had the event of the year is what it was called by Ring Magazine in 1997. Tyson was uh, a big favorite in this despite a loss in the first fight. So he was 34-1, and one, and uh, gosh, in his fights that lasted three rounds or fewer, he had 56 career fights, but 34-1. Uh, and one. After the fight against Holyfield with the bit in the ear, the Nevada State Athletic Commission uh, banned him, fined him $3 million, and shockingly, less than two years later, they reinstated him. But he was also... So I think he was, uh, that's 10% of the amount of money that he made that night. He made $30 million, I think, that night for three rounds. Man. Just a fascinating, fascinating individual. You know, grew up on the streets. Uh, you know, Customato took him in under his wing. And, and when you have him on, you're not sure what you're getting. You don't, you're not sure which Mike Tyson you're getting. But when he's playful, he is funny. He's engaging, and, you know, there, there's a, a childlike quality to Mike. So nice of you to say that, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you, Todd. <laughs> Wasn't it yesterday the anniversary when Mike fought uh, Michael Spinks? Yep. The, the 91 seconds? <laughs> 91 seconds. We spent more time talking about it. Yes. God. There are just certain things I'm so fortunate that I was able to witness and, and all the great athletes and all the great events. And there, there's something about a title fight. It brings out some real characters. And once that bell sounds, like there's no place to hide. That, that's what I love about boxing. No, no timeouts. It's you. It's me. And one of us is going to get out of this ring alive. And that was always the case with Mike. That You'd hear that. And I'd go, oh, man, you just hold your breath. And when I saw him fight my, uh, you know, Joe Frazier's son, Marvis Frazier, and Mike, Michael Spinks, 
And I thought, oh, my God, they're going to get killed. I truly thought that Mike could kill somebody in the ring because he loved to do that uppercut, and he, he wanted to push your nose into your brain. I mean, he was violent. He didn't. He he was telling you he was going to be violent. This wasn't the sweet science. There was no science whatsoever. It was violence, and he made no excuses for that. I could picture my fist going through the opponent, the back of his neck, like back of his. I told Oprah that once. I punched him right through the back of his skull. I think you. I think you're getting that down pretty well. Working on it. But I'm. Let's get Tyson on, and then I want you to do Tyson to Tyson. I don't find that particularly funny. Where do you live? In studio. Oh boy. Would you do it in studio if I had Mike Tyson sitting over by me and I, I would say, hey, Mike, uh, Todd does an impersonation of you. My only concern is I've seen some interviews that, where that did not go well, where he looked like he was going to beat the crap out of the host that brought up, you know, things. We wouldn't be bringing those things up. As but far but as Todd, contents came. Yeah. Oh, like, so you mean to watch him actually attack me? Yeah. Because he didn't take it. Well, it's only one punch. It's all it takes, though. It can never get up ever again, possibly. Yeah, but you guys are same size. One punch could cause major brain damage to a person. It could. Mike Tyson, even at his age? Tyson's older than you. I don't know. I'd rather him just go play with his pigeons and his his cannabis. Yeah. But I would. I would do that. If he ever came in studio, I would do the impersonation. You would do the impersonation? I would roll the dice on that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, Seaton. But even just like Mike Tyson's, like the black trunks and those black shoes, everything about him was just like... And no robe? Yeah, no robe. Right, had, right, right. He, he there was like, like a, no flash to him whatsoever. Well, it, it's like he had he left the car running, and he went, <laughs> went into the ring. Yeah. Uh, I'll be out in a second. Let me go knock this punk out, and I'll be out. Hey, what took so long? I bit his ear. You know, it, it got crazy in there. I don't know. That opening stand down with his eyes going back and forth, staring at his opponent, it was like so creepy, scary. It's like a bull yeah. when a bull's ready to attack and just like. <laughs> That that was that feeling you got when Tyson came in. Fascinating. Fascinating. Uh, I don't like to talk about that anymore. Though, about my, I don't want people to ask me about my boxing. Thank you, Tony. Move on. From thank me. you, Tony. Uh, big night last night in baseball. Shohei Otani uh, did it at the plate and on the mound. Uh, he also had the Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw. He's probably uh, on his way to maybe another Cy Young, which would be a great story for him. Uh, Otani, those are impressive numbers. He's got 28 home runs so far. The 76ers, I guess they're going to figure out or find out here in the next day or at the end of the day if James Harden is going to come back. If I'm the 76ers, why do they keep churning through players? They, they've had a lot of players. And I, I don't, are we still in the process here? Because they did have Jimmy Butler. Tobias Harris is going to be on his way out. Is James Harden on his way out? Ben Simmons. Uh, was on his way out. Is Joel Embiid one day going to go, why am I staying here? I, I'm i not the problem. Why Why is it that, you know, you keep changing my teammates on me? So, like, nobody works here? Just me? Yeah. <laughs> nobody else? Because, yeah, then you have to be like, maybe it is me. Uh, the coaches aren't working. Yeah. The, all of the other players aren't working. Yeah. If you're Philadelphia, do you want him? Like... I would prefer he opted out. No. I, although I think Houston is kind of quietly creating a pretty good roster that they may go after, you know, Fred Van Vliet. Um, they, they might add a couple of guys in free agency. And the Rockets could be an interesting team. Could be an interesting team. Uh, but I, 
James Harden, I think, just wants to be able to have some fun. Yeah. I played some pressure in pressure situations, didn't go well. I'd like to get back to being able to shoot whenever I want to. Because I thought if you gave me Harden at 21 and 10, man, I'll take that if he, if he buys into that. And then we had these wild, fluctuating scoring performances in the playoffs where he's like, hey, he got 45, and then he got 13, and then he got 39, and then he got 12. And I'm thinking, I just want you to be a playmaker, man. And I don't, I, maybe, maybe he does want to go back to Houston. And if he does that for comfort, home, whatever, he loved it there, great. But that's the guy that you want to see. I, I want to see him succeed, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, Paul. Houston's got young guys. Remember the kid Jalen Green, the guard? Yep. Supposed to be a great scorer. He's, what is he, like 22 a game? Yeah. Does that seem adding a guy who completely takes the ball out of your hands half the game? Uh, positive for development? If I'm a young guy, <laughs> I don't want James Harden coming to town. Be like, no, no, no. We're, we're, we're the ones building this. You had your opportunity. It didn't go well. But this is, uh, you know, big week for free agency, opting in, opting out week. Uh, what's the poll question for the final hour? See, no, Connor gave us, I'd rather play off of LeBron and Bronny, of course. I'd rather play with my kid, against my kid, 77% with my boy or girl. Yeah, I don't know if this is going to happen. It's a mock draft. Had the Hawks taking Bronny at 17. We got a long way to go. Long way to go to get there. But I think LeBron co-signed on this. Like, all right, yeah, James gang. And I went, mm, I don't think so. Don't see it happening. Feels pretty comfy in L.A. Yeah. Nothing against Atlanta, uh, but feels like he's got a pretty good setup going right now. Yeah. I'm Bronny James. I may stay at USC a second year if yeah. I think I'm going to the Hawks. Yeah. How long do I have to stay at USC yeah. before my dad retires? More national TV games at USC, more money probably. Yeah. I bet you can make more money. What, they say 18th pick of the draft? 17. 17th pick of the draft? I mean, it's, it's salary. I know he's going to get lots and lots and lots of endorsements, but he'd do just as well at USC probably. Well, he's going to make that money no matter what. Sure, endorsement. He'll make it when he goes to the NBA. But the fact that he's going to make, whatever, $7 million in name, image, and likeness in college, he'll still make, he'll make that and his salary when he goes to the NBA. You know, I, I have some point spreads here that just came out. This is from DraftKings. We've talked about the Thursday night opener with the Lions against the Chiefs, and that's still six and a half. Lions getting six and a half. The Jets, that Monday night game against the Bills, Bills favored at the Jets by one and a half. One and a half. One and a hook. The Dolphins against the Chargers. Dolphins getting two and a half. Bengals against the Browns. Bengals giving two and a half. The largest spread opening weekend, according to DraftKings. The Ravens against the Texans. Nine. Nine. So, random. But, um, oh, you can also bet on this. The longest reception over under in the NFL. This upcoming season. And you want to take a guess. This is the over-under longest reception of the season, according to DraftKings. And it's, it's not person, it's yardage. Todd, longest reception over-under is? 81 and a half. Seton O'Connor. 87. Paul. 89 and a half. 92 and a half. Mm, we were trending upward. <laughs> longest 
run this year? Longest rush. Rush. Over under. Todd? 68 and a half. Seton O'Connor. 97 and one half. <laughs> Quarterback this year, according to... 457. I didn't call on you yet. Oh, damn. Yeah. You're disqualified. Todd? 503. Paul? Five. That's a long pause. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The long pause and finger point was very dramatic. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were accusing me of something. Paul? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, 545. <laughs> Five oh two and a half. Get out of here! Yes, I said five oh three. I know. <laughs> That's pretty wild that I would be that. That's close. why I paused and then I. Paul, <laughs> I should have known. I was trying to give you a heads know, up there. I'm not good at this. That was an amazing guess by me. I'm not getting enough credit for that one just now. I just <laughs> randomly said five oh three and it was five oh two and a half and it was five oh three or whatever. It, it, is this a skill? I think that's like guessing. What I just did was like a big jar of jelly beans. And I said, I don't know. There's 1,218 in there. And you're like, no, there's 1,219 in there. You know who's a big jar of jelly beans? You. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Big jar of jelly beans. I like the purple ones. I like the grape jelly. At the bank where they say, look at all the jelly beans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Essentially what I just did was yeah. guess all the jelly beans. That was incredible, Todd. You know what? I a half a round of applause off. for Thank Todd. You. Jeez, I got to beg for it. What a skill. A wildly amazing guest. Incredible by skill that you have. Incredible skill. Uh, the other ones, we were talking about a 100-yard field, so it's either going to be 88 or 83 or 94. This was like, it could be anything. It could be 412 yards. It could be 650 yards. And I said, forget it. Are you done? Yeah, I think the point was made. Yeah. Like a jelly bean. No, are you done? How many coins in the jar? No, you are done. You know, on this show, when you ask for more credit, it always works out really, really well. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's take a victory lap, Todd. All right. Yeah, congratulations. Thanks a lot. Yeah. It was pretty awesome, though. Yeah. How about we take a break here? When we come back, John Wertheim, he is a 60 Minutes correspondent. He just went over to talk to the Minister of Sports in Saudi Arabia. An interesting back and forth at one point in the interview. And I want to ask him, what is the bigger picture here? What's the end game for the uh, Saudi, the, this uh, public investment fund? Are they coming to the NFL or the NBA or baseball? We'll talk to John Wertheim from 60 Minutes, and we'll do so coming up next. We're back after this. Barbecue, chicken, ranch, sliders. Now, I'm just suggesting this, not asking for this. KingsHawaiian.com, recipe inspirations. And they provided so many great recipe inspirations that, uh, well, you can't go wrong. Because, first of all, you start with the sweet pre-rolls or the, uh, the sweet rolls, the pre-sliced slider buns, or the perfectly sweet and salty pretzel slider buns. Those are just good as a snack. You don't have to put anything on those buns. But this is what's on the barbecue chicken ranch sliders. If I ever become a voiceover guy in a commercial, this is what I'm going to be You're doing. You're getting us really hungry right now. Yeah. I'm going to guess there's chicken. Rotisserie chicken. I'm going to guess there's ranch dressing. Barbecue sauce. Shredded cheddar. That was my nickname in high school. Red onion. Roasted peppers, ranch dressing, and a touch, a touch of jalapeno and cilantro. On a King's Hawaiian pretzel. On the OG. Shut up, Todd. Go to your local store. Pick up the, that's what it says in the copy. It says, oh, shut, shut up, up, Todd? Todd. That was in parentheses. Fluffy, so you chose irresistible King's Hawaiian rolls. And enjoy. 
Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports, like a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. We'll talk to John Wertheim. He is a 60 Minutes correspondent. Did a story on sports washing. He went to Saudi Arabia, sat down with the Minister of Sports over there, kind of figuring out what is the uh, bigger picture what other sports would they like to invest in? And uh, John joins us now. John, thanks for joining us. What concerns you or should concern you or us about the so-called partnership that uh, the Saudi Investment Fund has with the PGA Tour moving forward? You know, this still has to pass regulators, a lot of details. Even this five, six-page framework that we saw still sort of leaves more questions unanswered than answered. And I think the bigger picture is just what, what is our comfort level with this investment fund and this kind of money coming into sports? Some, some of this is the, you know, the, the morals that, that Jay Monahan, among others, have alluded to. But also some of this is just what does it do to sports when one of the players has a completely different set of economics than everybody else? Well, you've talked about this, that 
your return on investment. Most people get into sports, buy a team, and there's a return on investment. The Saudis aren't concerned about that. Well, I, they, they want a return on investment. It's just a much different, uh, <laughs> a much different. You know, Dan, Dan Snyder, or whatever. Uh, you know, Josh Harris buys a team from Dan Snyder, and he's oh, here are broadcast contracts, and here are the suites, and here's the, some real estate play I can make. This is a completely different set of math with the Saudis. This is about rebranding a country, and there's this this Vision 2030 plan with this sort of national plan to completely transform the country, and sports figures very prominently. Um, that's a lot different of a balance sheet than are we selling enough suites and are we going to get our, our media rights renewed? But are they really trying to change or are they, are they trying to give the appearance that they're trying to change? That's, that's a great question. And when I went to Saudi Arabia, I mean, to, to their credit, I sat down across from the sports minister and they, they made him available. And on the one hand, they were saying, you know, we don't even we don't even think sports washing is a thing. Look, we're lucky enough to have a lot of money and we're going to invest it in sports. It's a great way to motivate the kids. We have a young population. We'll you know, put down your your phone and your chalupa and start running laps. And it's a great way to. Be. And then on the other hand, they said, look at all these cranes. We're really trying to update our economy. We're trying to diversify. Look at all this growth and development and tourism. So on the one hand, this sort of, you know, it, it's not about throwing money around. It's not about laundering a reputation. It's just about helping the kids. And then they would pivot and say, sports is one of the pillars of this national transformation. How nervous were you? Um, I, I think not, because one thing that became really clear was that this Jamal Khashoggi, you know, this, this murder, dismemberment, five years later is still the first thing that people cling on to. When everyone's trying to build a sports washing case, this is the first thing that they have to answer for. And I think that, uh, you know, it's 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 crass and vulgar to think of it in these terms, but this was a, a horrible mistake that probably cost them a trillion dollars. I mean, this, this is the very, the very first thing when sports washing comes up is the dismemberment of a journalist. And so uh, I, I think they know that they have a lot to answer for. And this is, uh, you know, they've, there's a set of talking points, and they still deny the content of the CIA report that uh, that this went all the way up to NBA to the to Mohammed bin Salman, the Crown Prince, and that he had either ordered it or okayed it. They still take issue with that, but I think they know that um, this is something that's sort of this murder. I think has accelerated all of this investment in sports washing because they've really had to double down on saying to the rest of the world, "Hey, wait, we're just like you. We love Bruno Mars, and we love." Uh, you know, the, the NBA golf and soccer as well. Uh, what else will the Saudis buy? NFL, yeah. NBA, baseball, are they interested in that? Absolutely. I mean, part of it is just we, we all love sports. These franchises don't go down in value. It's a great way to build bridges and tear down walls. I mean, I also think just practically these teams get bought by individuals. And when it's, you know, when, when it's March shot and, you know, Red McCombs and the local car deal, we're not in that era anymore. I mean, these are, you know, these are four, five, six billion dollar properties. There are not a lot of individuals that have that spare change lying around. I mean, I just think as franchise values go up, um, it stands to reason that we're going to have to go outside the U.S. to find these these billionaires. But, um, you know, the, these investment funds we saw this week that, you know, Ted Leone says, and it's not Saudi, it's Qatari, but they're taking a, a minority stake in, you know, the, the Wizards and the Mystics and, and the Capitals. We're seeing in, you know, inevitably now 
there was an announcement a few days ago that that Saudi is looking into partnering with tennis. I mean, I think this beachhead, this sort of normalization with the PGA, I think is going to lead to a much bigger Saudi presence in sports. You know, I mean, I think we, we got to spend 30 seconds. Like, I don't Maybe it's not a bad thing. Maybe this really is a way to break down boundaries. Um, you know, the, the athletes love it. Values, you know, money is getting, look at the PGA Tour. I mean, money is being inserted into the ecosystem. I mean, I think we're all rightfully cynical, but I also think that we there ought to, we ought to reserve like a little column for, hey, maybe this isn't a bad thing. Yeah, I know. We can be hypocritical on a variety of fronts here. Uh, we're talking to John Wertheim, the uh, uh, 60 Minutes correspondent. I'm also wondering about this, that you had this back and forth with uh, the Saudi. Uh, I, I don't know what his official title is the minister of sports where you were talking about, um, you know, the beheadings that they had like 80 people who were beheaded, if, if that's the number. And then he brought up, well, you had this mass shooting in Texas. And then you said, yeah, but that wasn't government ordered there. And I thought it was an interesting exchange between you two. What, what, what was the room like when that exchange happened, John? Yeah. Um, there, there was some, Tense moments there. <laughs> I mean, I think that the playbook, and we saw this, right? I mean, I sort of got a little preview. Some, sometimes you, uh, you you go back, you you do your research, and you sort of anticipate what responses are. And in this case, I think the golfers gave me a lot of uh, a, a lot of sense of what to anticipate because everyone's got the same talking points, which is no one is perfect. We all wish we lived in a peaceful world. You know, wake me up, tea without the first. You know, if you if you live in a perfect country, raise your hand. <laughs> Um, I would say there, there ought to be some some basic standards. And yeah, I mean, the mass shootings are terrible. We wish we didn't have them. But I, I would submit there's a difference between that and especially when I mean, the other part of that is especially when a the state actor is the one making the investment and b when this is part of a strategy. Um, you know, people have also said, well, I don't understand. You have an iPhone or how, how come we don't care that the Saudi has a, a big take in Facebook and so many, many American companies? They, they haven't invested in Facebook as a strategy for rebranding the country. And I think that's the distinction I would make. One of the first stories you did, I think, for 60 Minutes was profiling Shohei Otani. What you knew then or found out then and where he is now, uh, I, I think we're trying to understand what, what motivates him and, and you know the surroundings that he's in and free agency and does he want to be in New York you know, he's on the periphery of L.A. by being in Anaheim. Do you, did you, like, glean anything from him of his personality and, and, and what makes him comfortable? I, he struck me as a really weird mix. I don't mean weird. I mean, it was a really sort of fascinating mix of supreme confidence, right? I mean, he wasn't going to let some agent, he wasn't going to let some manager. I mean, he wanted to play both ways, and he was absolutely firm that he could do it and he would do it. I mean, it was a deal breaker. And at the same time, there was such a humility. He had no interest. And, in, you know, I, I people say, well, there's, there's, you know, he's only going to end up on one of three markets because you have a star like that and all the money he could make. And I had people close to him saying they don't understand him. He loves baseball. He loves his family. He's a simple guy. He doesn't want the publicity. He's not interested in going to the, the hottest club in South Beach or living in lower Manhattan. And I think in a weird way, it, it was appropriate. I mean, he went to a West Coast, you know, obviously it's closer to home, m marginally so. Um, it's all about the baseball, and it sounds like such a cliche. But, you know, you, you'd ask him what he'd do for fun, and he would have a hard time remembering his, his favorite 
place to eat in Sapporo, but then you'd mentioned Clayton Kershaw and his eyes would light up. Um, <laughs> he was a fascinating guy, but but I think, he, again, it's, it's sort of our, our theme for the conversation. He has a different set of motivations than what we are used to. This is not about doing production deals and a podcast and maxing out his endorsement portfolio. Um, different economics. Well, I wonder if that bodes well for the Angels. Because they no, let him pitch and hit, and there's there's a comfort level there, and, and it feels like he gets into a routine. He's simple. He likes the routine. He likes the people. He likes the environment. A hundred percent. And I think that, uh, you know, if, if somebody's whispering his ear, hey, come to this, this snazzy big, big, I can get you a meeting with so-and-so, and you'll sit courtside at Knicks games. I think he loves that he's not even the biggest team in the market he's in. And he, he's in Orange County. I mean, he. I mean, even now, that story, I think, was 2017. I mean, how many long sit-down interviews have you seen? Um, he, he keeps himself. He goes to the ballpark. He loves baseball. They're not hassling him about it. You know, pitch counts, and we, we want to cut down on your starts. I think it's a – you know, you, you wish the team were winning more games. I think baseball wishes the team were more relevant. I think it's kind of a perfect situation for him. What's your next sports story coming up? Oh man! Um, for for sixty, I'm, I'm headed to Wimbledon. Headed to Wimbledon in a few hours. We'll see if uh, the new all-time leader in major singles titles wants to do a uh, sixty minutes piece. Novak Djokovic. He's fascinating. Absolutely. But I, uh, does he like talking about being fascinating? He loves talking about being fascinating. <laughs> the fascinating thing. Uh, it's, it's so funny too because you 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 watch uh, you watch the NBA finals and there there's another Serbian who doesn't have much to say. No. Um, this guy's really complicated and he does some things that are fantastic and he does some things that are just co- colossal. I mean, you wonder who's advising him, and he's kind of happy to talk about all of it. He's he's um. Yeah, I mean, he's 36 years old now, so we've all sort of watched this story unfold. Um, John, he's the Aaron Rodgers of tennis. He, yeah, he's the Aaron Rodgers of tennis with, um, you know, with with the Barry Bonds, you know, with 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 the uh, with with the home run record. I mean, for for 15 years, everybody sort of wanted to see who'd retire with the most majors, and he's moved ahead. He's probably not given up the lead, and he's not done. And yeah, and then he's got this Aaron, you're right, though. He's got this this Aaron Rodgers side to him, and he's still unvaccinated, and he still plays his first round of the French Open, and he signs the camera with a message of Kosovo. You know, usually athletes run screaming from, yeah, you know, this is like an American athlete signing the something about the, the Dobbs decision, one way or the other. <laughs> I mean, this guy, um, <laughs> not avoid controversy, and he's he's really a fascinating maddening character safe travels john thanks for joining us anytime thanks Sam. john wertheim 60 minutes correspondent he had some things to say about otani because he profiled him on 60 minutes i believe back in 2017 so we've had some time here he's had time to adjust to baseball in the united states sort of social media where he fits kind of in the pantheon here of athletes celebrities doesn't seem like he wants to embrace it, or he hasn't embraced it, and he could easily embrace it. But also, he might be comfortable. Like, I always thought Ichiro was comfortable in Seattle. Tony Gwynn was comfortable in San Diego. Cal Ripken in Baltimore. There's just certain players, certain cities. Uh, Tim Duncan in San Antonio. And, you know, Shohei Tani may be that, that kind of athlete. That, hey, I'm comfortable here. He's going to want to be compensated, well compensated, I don't know if he's going to get a 10-year deal for $600 million. It wouldn't surprise me, but 
you know, we may be thinking, well, it's the Angels and the Dodgers uh, or the uh, Yankees, throw them in there. Maybe one other team. Uh, maybe San Francisco as an outlier there because they were in it with Aaron Judge. Um, Boston. But I don't know if he's comfortable in these places. And I think that will play a large role. Certainly sounds like that. But I, I did tell you about that exchange that John Wertheim had with the Minister of Sports in Saudi Arabia. And so you're there and you're having this conversation where John brings up that whatever, 80 people were beheaded in one day. And then the uh, Minister of Sports said, well, you had the mass shooting in Texas. And then John says, yes, but that wasn't government ordered. And I could just imagine. Well, no, I can't imagine. Can't imagine what that would be like. Where you're going, do I want to go back to my room anytime soon here? Pretty ballsy. Yeah. Could could somebody, you know what? How about I, you just take me to the airport? I think we're done here. I think we're good. All right, let's close up shop here. Last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow. We're back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Paulie Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. Of course, you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. Now, the suits at Fox Sports Radio gave us this airtime because they wanted us to tell you how great our show is. Why? Yeah, instead of us doing that, let's just let our millions of fans do the talking. Yeah, play the tape. You don't know crap about sports. I mean, why am I even on this crap? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the wrong tape. Wrong tape. Just forget that. Look, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. 
As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Last call for phone calls. What we learn. What's in store tomorrow. Hopefully we'll have Marvin back. Haven't heard from him. He was uh, going in for jury duty. He was wondering if he wore a T-shirt, one of our T-shirts, if maybe he wouldn't be picked. And we were wondering, could he do the one about his plums? Um, what, what's the official saying on that T-shirt, Todd? Uh, I could feel it in my plums. Feel it in my plums. Uh, that's a Will Ferrell line, uh, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about the huh with huh? a question mark if you went in with a T-shirt like that? Huh? Yeah. What other, what other T-shirts uh, could he have worn? That uh, we've come up with here. I'm doing my best. Ooh. Maybe hey, oh, take... yeah, I'm trying my best. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying my best. Yeah. Philosophically, they'd be concerned about that guy. There's issues with that. Which yeah. is the best this guy could do right here. Yeah, because Marvin, I think he was doing, you know, his public service, but I think he wanted to be here with us on the show. And we were wondering, is there something he could have worn that maybe would have helped him out of jury duty? We used to have a, a shirt with uh, Paul kicking Landon Donovan in the nuts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could do that. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Capital punishment there. I don't know if that'll help or hurt you. World Cup check, I believe. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I think I was receiving the kick in the groin. Oh, were you yes, getting you were. kicked? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Special day. Sorry, yeah. I had it backwards. Yeah, Landon Donovan kicked Paulie kicked in the groin. Paul in the nuts. Fantastic yeah. moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Final results of the poll question, Todd. Do you want to play with or against your kid if given the opportunity and hanging strong at 78%? Rather play with your mm-hmm. child. All right. I'd rather play. Uh, Ty in Missouri. Hi, Ty. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Dan, I uh, just wanted to say uh, one of the shirts that Marvin could wear could be the suck it back row, perhaps. <laughs> and uh, yeah. If he's in the front you- row of the jury pool <laughs> and it says suck it back row, you're right. That would be pretty yeah. good. Okay. What else do you I have? I think that's... Ty? Oh, I was also going to say, uh, Paul had mentioned about the infamous bite from Holyfield and Mike Tyson's fight. Yeah. I thought it was um, provoked because uh, Holyfield had headbutted Mike enough times where Mike had gotten pissed off and then took a nice chunk out of Holyfield's ear. I yeah, wonder that, if that, that was right or not. Yeah, I think that's how Mike perceived it, that he was being headbutted and he was going to take matters into his own mouth. See what I did with that? Yeah, yeah. Not his hands. His Very well Thank done. you, Todd. Thank you, Todd. Uh, Dustin in Alabama. Good morning, Dustin. What's on your, on your mind? What up, though? One time for Jeff in Detroit. <laughs> I got a, a Southern-style pecan pie to the face bet and then a quick comment <laughs> after yesterday's uh, call-in. So, pie to the face bet that um, I believe the Saints and the Detroit Lions will face off in the NFC Championship game. So if uh, any of you or okay. Jeff in Detroit would like to take that pet, uh, bet. Dustin, uh, Paulie's going to take that bet. 
Which all you, right, all right. And then uh, my uh, comment. And now we're talking about we're this year. Dustin, we're talking about this year. Saints-Lions-NFC yes, title game. Saints-Lions-NFC title game. Okay, all right. Yeah, and then uh, for calling me out on my trivia yesterday, Barry in Santa Fe can suck it where he wants, when he wants, <laughs> and if he wants. All right, Dustin. See ya. All right. I think he had the, uh, was that the Finn Lizzy <laughs> trivia question? That's an A-plus call right that there. That was great. Well done, Dustin. Yep. Well I done. I like that, dude. That's content. That's funny. Content's bro. king. Kevin in, where he wants. <laughs> Kevin in Cincinnati. Hi, Kev. What's on your mind? Hey, how you doing, DP and the Dublin-bound DS? Good. Hey, listen, I got the name for Victor Wambayama. Okay. Today is the French Wamba. Okay, so the, like the Black Wamba. Yeah, French Wamba. I think we've had that suggested already. I think yeah. that's a good one, though, the French Wamba. Yeah. I still like the French Chais. Yeah, the French Chais is French pretty good. Escargot is pretty good. That's funny. And then the uh, French Prince instead of the yeah. Fresh Prince. I like the French Chais. I'm, I'm good with that. I think that makes sense, right? Uh, this day in sports history, Paul. Uh, Mike Tyson in 97, bit Holyfield deer, three-round fight. Uh, 1971, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned the draft evasion conviction of Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. 1995, the NBA draft was held in blank the first time the draft was held outside the United States. The NBA draft was held where? First time it was held outside the United States. 95 expansion team. Canada. Canada, Skydome, Toronto. Mm, okay. That is sports history. Okay. This date, 2007. The Celtics couldn't get the number one or number two pick in the draft. Greg Oden or Kevin Durant. They traded Delonte West, Wally Zerbiak, and the number five pick overall, which turned out to be Jeff Green, to the Sonics for Ray Allen. A month later, Boston would acquire Kevin Garnett from the Timberwolves, sparking one of the biggest one-season turnarounds in NBA history. Man, both of those deals. Yeah, I forgot that they did that. They were trying to trade up to one or two to get Odin or Kevin Durant. Oh, man. Uh, The Dream Team wins its first exhibition game. This might be a trivial pursuit question down the road. 1992, the Dream Team, first exhibition game. Can you guess the country? Final score, 133-57. to 57. I had this team and 80 points. Can you give us a hemisphere? No, because no. <laughs> I may not know what that hemisphere is. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Australia? No. Todd? Is that where Barkley had that famous comment about the... Country he was going to like. No, that was in the the Olympics Angola. Mm, I was going to say Angola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you would be wrong. Mm. See, no, Connor, would you like to uh, wager a guess? How about Israel? Israel. Yeah. Okay. Cuba. Oh, Cuba. Cuba. That was allowed back then? I didn't know that. I I didn't know that was allowed back then in 1992, but uh, beat Cuba. I don't know where they faced Cuba. I don't think they went. Probably to, not there. Yeah, probably not there. Checking. I'm gonna. <laughs> great. I remember there was this. Uh, I don't know who was doing play by play for this 
uh, for Seattle for the Sonics yeah. back then. Yeah. But Ray Allen was just like going off one night. It's one of my favorite calls ever. But the guy goes, Ray Allen is hearing signals from other planets. <laughs> that guy was funny, man. I don't remember his name. That though. sounds like something we would have said on SportsCenter. Yeah, he, man, that dude is funny. Back then, we, we got away with a lot. Because yeah. management wasn't staying up till 11 o'clock. <laughs> I mean, that was how we knew that they weren't staying up because we would say stuff and we were like, oh, man, they're definitely going to call us on the carpet. <laughs> Next day, he'd walk yeah. in and then, you hello. know, he'd walk by our boss and he'd go, hello, and we'd go, hello, Bob. <laughs> and then I was like, yep, he didn't stay up to watch us on Sports so Center. Great. Yes, Paul? USA Cuba box score, Michael Jordan, two of six from the field. Overrated. Only, only six <laughs> points. <laughs> Cuba owned them. What did you learn today, Todd? Tim Hasselbeck cut by the Ravens right in front of everyone on HBO's Hard Knocks. That was, he was a good guest today. Great appearance. Seton, what did you learn today? John Wertheim's got some cojones. Yes, he does. Paulie? USA Cuba was played in Portland, Oregon. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double the cash back you've earned. Everything you've earned doubled. Cash back from trips and restaurants. See the terms and check it out for yourself. Discover.com slash match. Thanks for the phone calls. The emails, the tweets, the all-around support. Our pleasure to serve you. For Todd and Marvin, Seton, Pauly, yours truly. Talk to you tomorrow. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I, I didn't mean? even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, or you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.